Boy, what a free kick that was. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. And we're here to talk about the Brisbane Raw and their miraculous 1-0 win over Adelaide at the weekend. Right, Scott? Absolutely, yeah. Adam, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys going? Uh, it was an early start for the Champions League this morning, so I'm powered by a lot of caffeine right now. <laughs> so you're not powered by entertaining football, then, that's for sure. It wasn't the greatest, was it? It was... It Well... We'll get into the game in a second, but we've got to actually talk about what was a very entertaining round of A-League football. It was, yeah. Very good round. And it's we'll around the league needed, really, as well. Definitely. Well, we'll start off Saturday night at Suncorp Stadium, and the Raw 1-0 over Adelaide United. Eric Bortiak's 41st-minute free kick was good enough to get the Raw over the line. And, okay, yeah, it wasn't the most... It wasn't the prettiest game, but it was really, I suppose, as a fan, engaging, because any... You could feel like any bounce was going to decide the game there. It was a really open game as well. I thought there were a lot of chances, particularly for the Raw in the first half on the counter-attack. They were really quite, quite strong. Brett Holman, again, brilliant on the counter-attack. But it was a really good game to watch. And I think the Raw did deserve their point, the win, because I don't think Adelaide offered that much. They had a couple of chances, but nothing really that made you think they're going to get back into the game. It was nice seeing the Raw in control of a game. Yeah, look, um, it's, it's one of those games that I think if you had to succinct to almost sort of uh, understand that, you know, it, it wasn't it, that it wasn't a game that just was just decided by you know one moment brilliance, but it was an open, open, free flowing game. And look, both teams had chance. But to your point, Scott, you're right. Um, Adelaide, for all their trying, they didn't. At the end of the day, they didn't really look like they were going to score. You know, once once that yeah. Bortiak goal went in just before half time, you felt, you know, Raw just need to find another and it was it was ball game. It looked like it was going to be 2-0 to Brisbane more than one all with the chances the way the game was going in the second half. Definitely. You felt like the Raw were able to create those chances and as the you said... attacking style really pays off when the Raw get the first goal and teams have to go at them and it opens up for them. Yeah, it seems like they might not have found their preferred style of play but they've found a way to get the best out of the yeah, players that they've that got. works, yeah. And as you mentioned, Brett Holman, he was once again all over the park. Oh, look, I think, yeah, he, he was um, very, very good um, on Saturday night. And I think it's, I think it's, yeah, I think, I think the Raw, you know, and through John Lewis, I think if they've sort of abandoned a certain style that they're and they're going more of a freestyle sort of style of, of play. And look, I think it's actually working better for them than a structured, you know, rigid setup. You can see how much his experience helps with the, the runs he makes off the ball. Mm. He was really good on on Saturday night. And I think that's what the Raw need is they. They've always said you know they they need that creative playmaker role. And I think Holman's starting to sort of work into that now, where he's starting to pull the strings a little bit. Yeah, and he's been given a little bit more freedom to move around, as yeah. you guys were saying. But the way that he's running as well, like yeah. there was maybe a few questions about what he had left in his legs, but we're still seeing that he's still got yeah. something. He for made sure. two or three really good runs in behind the defence on Saturday night and got. So great, made a couple of half chances for himself. Probably could have done better with at least one of them. So, yeah, he's definitely coming into his own late in the season, which is very important for the Raw. Definitely, and what I think what really also comes off about his performance is he's getting into good scoring positions yeah. now. And I feel like last year he might have actually taken a couple of shots. That was a point that uh, happened very early in the first half where he 
was one-on-one down the right-hand side, and I would have almost expected him to fire that <laughs> one in. But he's getting himself into good positions, and you have to feel like if he, he's got a good enough shot on him that he might be able to grab a few goals in the last month. Oh, look, exactly, and that's probably what the raw need is, that, that goal-scoring sort of, you know, presence in midfield, because it seems that at the moment, you know, after a bit of a run, you know, the goals up front for Macaroni have yeah. sort of, you know, dried up yeah. a little bit. So They need that goal-scorer generally, don't they, who's going to, you can turn to most weeks, because Adam's right, Macaroni's just, hadn't scored for a few weeks, so I think you can still rely on him, but having alternatives as well is important. Definitely. Well, as we were talking about last year with Jamie McLaren as well, like, he was... Well, he was scoring goals a little bit more frequently. Bring him back? Oh, I take him in a heartbeat. <laughs> but he wasn't getting that support from midfield where you feel like this year the midfield, the, I suppose, attacking trio is finding a way to really step up. Yeah. The difference is also McLaren by the state had about 15 goals as well. Yeah. So it's a more even spread of goals this year. Definitely. Hopefully there's still a few more to come. But the guy who was man of the match for our fan camps almost unanimously was the mercurial Frenchman, Eric Bortiak. And, you know, talking about a dominant game... This was his best game by far for Brisbane, not just with the free kick, because his general play was really, really impressive. Some of his some of his touches on the ball to open up space for players was really good. Although I think he's really... Again, he's another one who's growing into the team quite nicely at the back end of the season, because don't forget he's had all the family issues with visas to get him himself out here and his family, and then he had the injury around Christmas. Now he's just starting to get a regular starting run on the side. It's going... He's looking really good. I was just going to echo that point, saying that you know, how good it would have been if you know, he was available maybe you know, a month, six weeks yeah. prior to when he did come along. Because it seems like now the player that we expected, that you know, the, the, all the hype that came with him is starting to materialise. You know, unfortunately, it's a bit late now, coming in round 22, round 23. Had he arrived six weeks earlier, imagine what that could have done for, for Raw's yeah. chances for the finals. To not you, dead yeah. and buried, but... You say it's too late, it's too late for the regular season, but... In the finals, if he fires oh, and Holman absolutely. fires, then there's enough firepower in that front third to trouble anybody. Whether or not they can hold out the other end is another matter. Yeah, well, there is a bit of a defensive injury crisis yeah. to yeah, talk is. about. We'll get onto that a little bit later, but <laughs> I think what they're finding now is they've got a real, I suppose, hierarchy going forward now where it is Holman and Bortiak pulling the strings. Ben Kalfel is sort of operating yeah. in a complimentary role and Macaroni is... players to compliment them. Yeah off them, that's what you really need as well. Yeah, that's it. And I think it's fair to say that overall it has been largely disappointing so far oh, this season, but... That goes without saying. But I still had to say yeah. it. No, well, when you're not in the finals with five weeks to go or whatever it is, it, mm. but yeah, you're right. But there is still plenty of potential going yeah. forward. Now, we do have the TV on, in, on yeah. mute in the background, and I can see Adam's face lighting <laughs> up, because the clock's reading 39 minutes and 30 seconds, so if you're at the game, yeah. you may you remember yeah, what's about to go Frenchman on. Yeah, Frenchman's on the ball at the moment. Yeah. And I think... We're in country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the big thing that came out is the old legs in the Raw team, or experienced yeah. legs, shall we yeah. say. Careful. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very unpleasant night. It like, was rather yeah. warm, wasn't it? And they still were able to keep themselves going. I thought Adelaide suffered in it quite a, quite a lot as well, and they're a lot younger team as well. It actually, and they've all they've yeah. all done the whole big fitness thing as well on the Marco Kurs, which is interesting. It actually felt a little bit like that um, round two game that they played between the two sides. Yeah, except they didn't run over us this time. That's true, <laughs> but yeah. Look, it it was nice to see the raw win. Obviously, yeah. they haven't done that a lot at home this Third season. Third win at home. Yep, uh, yeah, three yeah. wins and two draws. Yeah. With, I believe, just one more home game to go as yeah, well. one more so. home game as well, yeah. 
But, uh, yeah, we'll get on to the defensive. Uh, I, I suppose yeah. we better call it an injury crisis now. Where, I think we have to. Yeah, yep. Jade North. Uh, He's off with injury, yeah. Which was reported by Marco Monteverde as a calf, yep. so... He didn't look good when he came off, did he? No, he knew straight away. He was away. really disappointed with him. Well, that's that's with it, yeah. you know, a little bit of puzzle because you know, when we were there on Saturday night, we thought maybe it's a flare-up of his hip injury, you know, and, and that would show... You start, you start to get hit at his age, you're thinking, oh, you know, is this, you know, is this potentially, you know, you don't want to say career-threatening, but, you know, for lack of a better term, you know... I, I think yeah. it's, it's a reasonable thought given he's out of contract end yeah. of the season, if it was another serious injury. But if it's only a slight niggle, he should definitely be able to get back. And it does help that they do have this weekend yeah. off to try yeah. and heal up. It wasn't the only injury suffered, though. No. Uh, as Avram Papadopoulos has been injured at training yes. yesterday, which... Broken his ankle or fractured it or something. Yeah. Either non- way, he's out for the season. Yes. Non-contact drill, which... Yeah, that's interesting. Saying, so. Yeah. so we might touch on that a little bit more in the news. Yeah, they're not the only ones. I think Luke Devere's still got an injury as well. And we'll get to the MPD yes, team we'll later get- on, but Aaron Reardon also went off on Friday night with injury as well. So he'd, he'd be one who you'd be looking at. The but, first choice called up out of that team. So it is a bit of an injury crisis. But it did give t- a chance for Daniel Bowles to get out onto yes. the field as well. So it's good to see him back out there. And You saw Jacob Pepper running around somewhere. I think he's fit. So Yeah, so you'd have so to... You do have options. You'd have to expect, yeah, that... <laughs> I would have thought that move of Jacob Pepper to defence almost out of necessity against victory back in November <laughs> yeah. is actually turning out to be quite beneficial because, I'll be honest... If Pepper was going to get his first minutes in central defence against Sydney FC in two weeks, I'd be very nervous. However, having seen that he's at the very least capable, certainly, you know, not as worried as I could be. The the centre-back combination of Bowles and Pepper in in round 23 is a lot... Yeah, you have a lot more confidence than it would have been in, say, Maybe. We don't know if it's going to be Bowles and Pepper. You never know. Well, yeah. It could be Franjic. Yeah, Yeah, that's... It could be Michael Theo. (laughs) Well, what? It's only yeah. a wrist injury, so yeah, he doesn't need that to yeah, defend. Yeah. He needs his thumb, so... <laughs> That's right. So, anyway, sorry, I just got distracted yeah. by a message there. Yes. Everything just dinged on me. I did wonder what that was. <laughs> but, yeah, we saw uh, Macaroni wound up getting subbed late, yeah. later on, and I don't think he was entirely happy with that. No, I think... I thought listening to the press conference, John obviously made it seem like it was a slight calf. Not injury, but it just started to tighten up a little bit. And it was the heavy pitch that, that did him in, which is interesting. That it, normally sure. when players come from overseas, that stuff happens early in the year, not towards the end. So I'm he, sure was, he first, was clearly unhappy, though, for something. I think it's the first time that Macaroni's actually come off um, that early. In the that game, early, yeah. I think, in, you know, in, in sort of 20-something games. So by the sounds, he, he doesn't like it because no. he, he was pretty animated on the sideline. I think yeah. it was the right move, though, because when Gamiro came on, he added more pace in the front third and made a few good runs, and he probably had a couple of good chances to score. And I w- will be honest, like it wasn't his best game. He missed no, he's had, a fair few chances, yeah. and it might have been e- even a case of, look, it's just not United, let's yeah. not push it. Yeah. And I did think Ramiro added plenty to the attack then as well, where Adelaide was starting to push forward, and he gave them something going he's forward. He's starting to build up his confidence, you can see that now as well, which is really important for him after all his horrible luck with injury. It's, it's almost just like he needs that, that goal now just to really get his confidence yeah, up. It's almost like that Tommy Orr theory we had last year, where it was a case of, once that first goal yeah. goes in... It's going to be so much better. Yeah, oh, look, I, I agree. I actually think, yeah, I think with Gamero, it's a case of, yeah, he gets a he gets that goal. It could be, you know, the start of something. Because yeah. like I said, you can't say that he hasn't had chances. No. And 
he's done all he could. There's just been miraculous saves or, or you know, the, the, the woodwork that's actually, you know, prevented him from actually getting on the score sheet. The thing is, people forget three or four years ago, he was rated higher than Jamie McLaren was hmm. in terms of, because he was playing overseas and come back and he did quite well. So he's got plenty of potential to, to make a real impact in this league if he can just get his confidence up. And I think the first goal would really help him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, not also his match sharpness because he's missed so much football. Yeah, so that might be something to talk about next week is how much you actually use him in the upcoming fixtures. But I do also want to talk about Adelaide because I don't know what it is when the Raw play Adelaide, but they seem to get very, very angry with each other. Yeah, it's... um, I'm not sure where that's... I know there has been some, yeah, obviously... Yeah, you know, instance in the past. I think it goes right back yeah. to Miron Blyberg and I think so. John Cosmander on the sidelines back in the day. Ever just, since, that was like the first season. Those two used to go at each other all the time. Two of the bigger personalities in the early days of the yeah. A-League. And also two, two of the bigger um, personalities in this town. Well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it almost feels like one of those 19, like 1920s movies. You know, this city isn't big enough yeah. for the two of well, us. We won't <laughs> go into A-League expansion, but I think they're on opposite sides of the spectrum on that too. Yeah, so. yes. Oh. Might see a repeat, but never know. I'll take but it. But I think it does go right back to that. It's been one of the more heated fixtures for the Raw, that's for sure. i got to admit, I was genuinely shocked that there wasn't a red card there. Like, yeah. just the yes. amount of back and forth that... There are all the yellow cards oh. as well, so... It's... Yeah. Well, I mean, it made Ur- for... Ur- 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 hit yeah. was... <laughs> you think, yeah. In any other card, it might have been... Yeah. No. Well, I, I do actually want to... was quite lucky as well at one stage not to get a second yellow card for one of his fouls. Yeah. I do actually want to mention, though, Thomas Christensen... Yeah. Great to see him back, yeah. like bounce straight back up after Ursan Gulam leveled him with what was, I would say, a brilliant shoulder charge. <laughs> He's another one who's had his injury concerns as well. But like, I didn't actually see a whole lot wrong with that, to, no, it, to no. be honest. And if I, I was at the Super Rugby the night before, and that was a yellow card there, so well, yeah. good on TK for bouncing back up. Where's the consistency with these referees, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, we saw that again just before we started recording, and you said that would have been a week in uh, <laughs> AFL as well. Yeah, it was a, a nice hip and shoulder, but uh, oh, look, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we don't want to be too you know, Teflon code and all that. It's good to see a bit of physicality, but... Yeah, I think well. It's a... Adelaide's I actually in a bit of trouble though now because they've they've dropped a lot of points lately, and they've gone from being a team challenging for that top four to maybe the Raw and the Wanderers might catch up to them. Yeah, well, because the, the something... ladder actually looks a lot closer than what you would think it would be. It's certainly something for them to be looking over their shoulder about yeah. as well, because obviously we've got the second half of the split round coming up, and we should just mention the other results very yeah. quickly because it was a, it was a great, great round. round. For the mm. yeah. So Melbourne Derby Friday night, which yes, I didn't actually see much of this because no, was out, but but it was an entertaining game yeah. based on the replays and highlights. Yeah. A bit of argy bargy in that as well. Like Did I see Bratton and Donicky involved in that going at each other? So I was referring to, yeah, yeah, yeah. good for them. Yeah. <laughs> flashback to the days, there, yeah. yeah, flashback to the days of the uh, Ballymore training pitch, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> And then there was um, Newcastle managing to somehow upset Sydney FC with 10 men yes. in a game that give, gave them probably maybe a little bit, came at a bit higher of a cost. I hear McFarr had an impact in that game as well. Yeah. And all I would like to say is I really hope Yordi Boyce gets a shoulder charge from Ursan Gulen yeah. later this season because, <laughs> frankly, he deserves that yeah. and probably a hit from well, Scott well, Higginbotham too. The Newcastle Herald had a crack at him today as well. They said that... They've had a couple of cracks. Yeah, Nigel Bugard walks off with a broken yeah. leg and he rolls around after that, so... <laughs> yeah, well, I don't mean to put this too lightly, but Yordi Boyce is a disgrace to the game of football and I hope he retires. Yeah. I think that's wholly appropriate, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, 
or at the very least gets a proper haircut. Yeah. But I, I think as well that I think that result as well for for Newcastle. I think uh, I think that single handedly may have reinvigorated the yeah. the whole sort of you know the competition almost because for a while there it was looking like Sydney are going to run away with this you know and you now to prove that they're not invincible you know, all of a sudden oh, yeah. I think. It's interesting because obviously now they have the confidence that they can beat New, to beat Sydney FC if they meet on Grand Final Day if they didn't have it already. But Naboo is gone and Bugard's injured. That's two huge losses for them. To see how they cover that. I know Vargas is back soon, but and uh, Pato Rodriguez. Rodriguez will be back soon yeah. as well. So they have options in the front third, but mm. it is a big win for them though. Definitely. What does worry me though is along the lines of what you guys said. It kind of reminds me of when the Wallabies seem to manage to get a win against the All Blacks in a World Cup year during the Bledisloe Cup. The wrong game, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they managed to beat they beat the All Blacks in a Bledisloe Cup game, and then the All Blacks go, oh, that's right, we need to actually show up for these that's, games. Yeah. Uh, and a bit, a bit of the, sort of the, the, the needling by Newcastle Herald may actually remind you know, Sydney of that. So. Oh, Graham Arnold would never use the media to motivate his players, mm. would he? Mm. I enjoyed that. That was really good. Yeah. Oh, no, it looked good on him. Yeah, exactly. It was 18,000 as well on Saturday. That's yep. fantastic that's for, for Newcastle. Yeah. So and there were a couple of huge crowds to start off with. Would have been nice to see a few more people and at the And then a not so big crowd on Sunday. Yes, there was uh, the Wanderers in Perth. The Wanderers players, families, and friends in attendance. And uh, most wanted to leave at halftime because it wasn't very good. Mm. And uh, it ended with a little bit of controversy as well with Liam Reddy yeah. getting sent That's off. That's just my luck, by the way. The one A League game I watch on TV live in the weekend is that game. It's like, great. <laughs> I had to go for a run yeah. in the second half to beat the oncoming storm. <laughs> so I'm out running trying to like keep an eye on the lighting and then I get a message on my watch going oh that's a perfect result for the roar or something <laughs> what happened <laughs> anyway yes. I think we've talked long enough about the weekend's action why don't we take a break and come back and talk about the NPL yes let's do that alright this is Brisbane Football Review we'll be back after this you're listening to the Brisbane Football Review we'll be back after this Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here with you for another week. And for segment two, we're going to go through the NPL results on the weekend. And you two had a lovely little date night on Friday night, didn't you? You could call it that, yeah. <laughs> Good to finally see some NPL Queensland action after you know after a month. So. What, they don't have NPL on the cruise? No. <laughs> no. A lot, a lot of Italian and Spanish football. On the Given one of the results, I think one of the teams might have been on a cruise, actually. But... <laughs> well, we'll start off Friday night... Out at Redlands. It yes. wasn't the uh, freezing place you two made it out to be, apparently. No, it's, it's quite pleasant down there this time of year. I might go back just before it gets cold. All right, so the Raw Youth 4-3 over Redlands in yeah. what was an absolutely mad finish by the sounds it of it. It was yeah. an absolutely mad finish, very much like the game we were at a couple of weeks ago with Strikers and Morton Bay, but it started off a really good goal from Adam Sawyer to start with. That was a really nice finish from the edge of the box. Then Redlands got a couple of goals back through Shuto Kubiyama. The first one was a really... A weird goal because it was a through ball with he was made a run off the shoulder of the last defender and it just the the linesman had his flag up but the referee said not play on so there was plenty of confusion but I think it was it's hard to tell from where we were because it was down the other end it wasn't the best angle but it did look reasonably close to one side so what you're saying is they needed VAR to decide what was going VAR on VAR might have been helpful but you never know that thing doesn't work anyway but that is one yeah. thing that I suppose you've got to keep an eye on with referees so play the whistle yeah <laughs> the end of the game right was really in because Redlands were really on the attack, they got their um they got their equaliser eventually through Jaden Prasad, former young raw player. It was a really nice finish 
on the edge of the box. So this was after the Raw scored another couple of goals earlier in the half. But so they the, equalised yeah, at 3-3. Yeah, and then Redlands had a long throw. And the Raw cleared it, and there was a clear counter-attack. And there was one Redlands fan on the halfway line and two Raw attackers, and you could just see what was going to happen. A little bit of a, screw yeah. it, let's just go for the yeah. three draw points at all costs. Draw them all over to one side, switch it over to Nathan Yoon. It was a yeah. simple goal. But it was a really, really good goal, and a really good performance from the young Raw as well. Adam, they played very well in the game. What stood out for you? Oh, look, for me, um, I was really impressed with Shuto Kobayama. Yeah. He looks to be a goal-scoring machine. And he, yeah. he, he, had, he had two inside yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, a third one, which was disallowed because of offside, which was marginal. It yeah. was from the I'd say it was, but... I'd say it was. I, no one really was you know, too apoplectic, apoplectic about it, so... So yeah, but look, it was a really good game, a yeah. frantic finish. Um, I, I would have thought a point each would have been deserving, yeah. but you know, fortune favours the brave, and that <laughs> counter attack right at the end by the Raw. All the, the, all the, um, mm. it didn't favour the brave because Redlands were very, very brave. It didn't work out for them, but Adam's <laughs> right, Redlands were very good, particularly going forward. Defensively, yeah. they still have a few things to work out, but going forward, Kubiyam is a very, very good player. But you know what? And I... he has nine goals, by the way. If you're looking at Football Queen's website, it says he's got eight. It is nine. He did get the first goal despite the way they've accredited it. Funny you mentioned uh, Shuto. Yes. Apparently that uh, there might have been a familiar ex-Raw player who was also in contention for that spot at the start of the season. And so they I've were, heard. Yeah, yes. they could have gone with, uh, and they wound up with Shuto, and I'd yeah. say they're all pretty happy with that right about yeah, now. Yeah, he's done very, very well for himself. We, so he's, scored, he's scored in every game so far this eight season. In f- nine in five, I beg your pardon, so yep. he's going very well for himself. Oh, i got to admit, by the sounds of it, I do like the approach that Red, uh, Redlands put out at the end of the game, where you say, you know what, yeah. you, got, you put that in for... Yeah, you're at home with momentum, yeah. you go for it. it it just didn't work out for him on this occasion, unfortunately, for them. But the way the way I always look at it is, from a maths perspective, you need to get one out of three of those to work to break even. Yeah. And then, worst case I'm is... I'm terrible it, at maths, so I'll take your word for it. Well, for every three games, you you know, going for the win with a draw, if you win one of those games and lose the other two, you're still coming out the same as if you play for three draws. Okay. You still wind up with three <laughs> points. That's no, basically... No, no, no. No, it's fair. Look, I think, I think it's one thing that, you know what, that's sort of a little bit of... Ad- Versus for the league is that you know what you can almost with Redlands every time I play you can guarantee that you're going to get goals you know both yeah. both for and against yeah. so you know that's, yeah. I guess yeah Might the positive for them that. is they do score a lot of goals if they could sort out the defensive problems they could be right up there this year. Mm. Yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to Saturday night where we thought there might have been a few typos at one point oh, in time geez. as Western Pride absolutely battered Sunshine Coast. I'm, I'm going to give Sunshine Coast 10 seconds of airtime because that's about all they deserve. They're, that's a disgrace. And they need to have a good damn look at themselves. But Well, I might just want to get is, the score out before you go on yeah, your rant. Okay. 15-1. Yes. They don't, I will say that they're disgraceful. I know they had an early red card, but that's absurd. But they only need to look at the team they bet, that beat them on, on Saturday night for motivation because it wasn't so long ago that Western Pride were the whipping boys of this competition. But through some good scouting of youth development and backing their young players in, and signing they've, a bunch of ex-Raw youth players. Yeah, well, they're also young players who came through out there in the first place, but they've mm. created a very, very good young team for themselves who won the championship last year and look on track to be right there again this year because they're a super team. I just realised that might have sounded way more snarky than I meant it to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you're right. There are a few former young Raw boys out there. You're right. Yeah. Including one who scored seven goals. We'll get to him in a minute. Yeah. Dylan Wenzel Halls. Yeah, we'll get to him in a minute. Okay. For the shortest minute in history. Yeah. Yeah. Right, we'll go, run through some of the other results. Olympic 5-0 over Southwest Queensland. Strikers 4-2 over Gold Coast United. Brisbane yeah. City 3-1 over Cairns. Morton Bay 
4-2 over North Queensland. Mackay and Sundays, Magpies and Crusaders, United FC went down to Lions 1-0. Yes. And as mentioned, Western Pride 15, Sunshine Coast 1. Yes. Just, just a couple of observations on those results. Olympic unbeaten. Yes. So uh, they've got perfect records so far. They look it's like they're going... their best ever start to the NPL. They're going forever. very, very well. Um, other ones, I don't think you can get a quicker goal this season than Brisbane City did up in Cairns. <laughs> that was, the tweet was, yeah. they've kicked off and they've scored. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and also and also as well, um, well done to, was it? Uh, Mackay and Whit Sunday's Magpies Crusaders United FC. I you. hope you're happy, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. They, they, against, they, they were probably expected to get belted by Lions. It took an 89th minute Sean Carlos yeah. goal to, to win it for They've them. They've been so they, highly competitive in every game this year so the thought that they're going to be the whipping boys of the competition is not proving to be the case at least so far and yeah that's Sunshine Coast but we have to talk about Dylan Winter Halls I mean that's That's ridiculous seven goals in one game he's got 13 goals in four games so far add that to 17 goals in 18 games last year so he has 30 goals in 22 appearances dating back to last season it's that so, is ridiculous. So he's doing all right then. Yeah, I said this to you both half jokingly. I said tonight as we were following this at Suncorp Stadium. I said he's going to get over thirty this year if he keeps up, and he might even push forty, because that's absurd. Thirteen goals in four games. Yeah, that's a. Sh- I mean, look, I know it's it's a fantastic record, but I think he should start potentially looking at opportunities in the professional game because the way he's developed the last twelve months, he's more than capable of stepping up. And we talk about some of these other, like some of these players that might need a little bit of a change of scenery or something to really get themselves going. And it seems like this move to Western Pride's worked out. It's definitely worked well for him because the young Roy just wasn't working out for him, unfortunately. I I honestly can't wait to look at his stat line in about three months and you just see the start of the season. One, two, three, seven. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the thing as well. Look, even even you take away the record haul um, on Saturday night, still six and three. Yeah, yeah, he's still, doing something right. He, he, I say, he, he. I think, I think it's yeah. pretty much clear where, where the golden boot's going to go. It's yeah. either going to go to, it's uh, D- Dylan Winslow Hall, so it's going to go to Shudo Kubiyama. So I think it's a one horse race, personally. Yeah, I, it well, might be. Yeah. Assuming he stays in the league the whole season, that is. Mm. If he yes, does well, go to the professional game at some stage, then the gap does tend to open up. Get ready for the. Oh, I wonder which. Uh, A-League club is going to try well, and sign I Dylan I did Wentzel read Horse. something during the thing. He trained with Perth during the off-season. There you go. And they didn't sign him. Well done, then. Yeah, well done. Yeah. They did have a sign Henry Hoare from the NPL Queensland. But, I, that chose the wrong player there. Not that Henry's not a good player, but Dylan's just in great form. But speaking, speaking as well about um, sort of young young players, um, ex-raw youth players sort of, sort of going on, um, Jesse Daly getting, you know, heading off to Seattle Sounders. In the uh, MLS for a three-week trial, so good luck to him. Yeah. Also, just thought it's slightly relevant. Stephen White from Olympic actually made the move the other way. He went from the Mariners to Seattle. Now he's back at Olympic. So there we go. It's not the first player to go to Seattle. Well, I think we can safely say that Seattle has plenty of bandwagon fans. Yeah. <laughs> at least in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So they lose it the other day. They, anyway, they play. They play in the same place. Yeah. So. Yeah. One of the. Um, so, no, that's right. One of the late entrants to the Golden Boot race might be Giancarlo Solorzano, who's now with Lions. If he brings his old A-League form with him, he's definitely a chance. Yeah. He's got a, he's got a good team behind him there. and all the, If he does deliver the goods there, that could push them over the top in terms of the season. Well, like I so said, I pick Lions to, to win it all, and I think that just solidifies them. But just the interesting thing, so going, the reaction to it, is that I think um, 
he might have escaped attention when he was playing for Rochdale last year because it's a lot of fans out there seem to think that he's been off and away wherever and he's just come back. Well, he was actually here last year. In, there you in go. So. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, NPL Q round five yes. winners. Gold Coast United, Lions, Gap, Madri- Mitchelton and Madriba. Yes, Madriba did actually win. Yeah, as much as people are surprised by it, that actually did happen. We're talking about off air, thinking, hang on, is that a typo on the run sheet? They've had a few tough results to start the emoji, but that's a good win for them. And also, I do feel sorry for Megan McElligot, by the way, because she scored six goals at the weekend. It's just been slightly overshadowed. (laughs) (laughs) Any other week, that would be the performance of the week, but unfortunately, (laughs) overshadowed. It was a great performance. I think it happened almost the same time as well. Yeah, Yeah, probably did. South Melbourne, I think, won their game in NPL Victoria 9-0, and it wouldn't be the biggest win of the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. By the way, that does remind me, we've got to get out to a game at Lions soon, because that was fun Mm. when we were there last year. There's plenty of good games around NPL to get to. All right, F... QPL round five winners, Mitchelton, Penn Power, Holland Park, Palabar, South United and Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Yep. All I really want to say about that is Penn Power in... Uh, I think Penn Power... Yeah. Uh, almost, they look like they're going to be a lock to be promoted, don't they? We also should have very good about the NPL Queensland, three all between the Roar and Palabar. Oh, sorry, I did miss that. Yeah. My mistake. But no, you're right. Peninsula look that, like they're going up. They're just, just cruising at the moment. Back to the women's game at Capalabar, but we're, we're, on Friday night, we're covering sort of obviously on the side of that. The, the goals came raining in late in the yeah. half. Uh, Lucy McDowell with a hat-trick and uh, India Page Riley. Glad you remember the names. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, well, you so, were covering so, it, so you... Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, no, but that was a pretty good game and apparently Raw were just allowed a goal late, which oh. cost them the game, so... Controversial refereeing. I can't imagine. Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't see it. We didn't see it, so we can't. It, it was controversial. I'm just yeah, assuming. Yeah. But no, you're right. With the football in the Premier League, it does look like power is going to be promoted, and it's a battle between Souths and Rochdale, amongst others. No mind. But see who's going up. Just quickly on that. But Sunshine Coast, Sunshine Coast Wanderers yeah. did knock off the um, BPL Premiers last season. Yes. So maybe that. I think they might be one to watch. Putting some pride back into Sunshine Coast football, James. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just quickly, uh, the feature round. Round six fixture this weekend is Brisbane City versus Brisbane Royal Youth at Spencer Park. I hope you guys have your pizza orders in. Oh, it is, a, it is, but there's also some other very, very good games, including Lions Western Pride will be a great game as well. So there's yes. plenty of great games in the NPL Queensland to get out and watch. Yeah, that's and given right. the Raw aren't playing this week, I encourage people to get out there and watch. Cause Absolutely. It's fantastic. Absolutely, and you two will be at uh, Brisbane City against Brisbane Raw. I yes. will be working, yes. watching. Well, a lot of sports, so I really have no complaints about that anyway. All right, that's going to be it for segment two of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. My coffee's starting to wear off, so let's get into segment three. What do you say? All right, so we're going to go into our usual news segment and lead off with something we touched on in segment one. Avram Papadopoulos is out for the season with a fractured ankle. Yes. Just great. It's just what you need, isn't it? When you're just starting to hit some form, everyone's back fit, and then injuries start again. Yeah. Uh, well, Papadopoulos yeah. and North both came out of that game yeah. injured. Well, no, really actually, well. Papadopoulos didn't come out of the game no. on the weekend injured. I should correct myself, but as There's I said... chance both won't play in the next game, which is a great shame because they've been a really good pair in the last couple of weeks. Definitely. It's one of those times where you really mm. need to hope that someone like Luke DeVere is coming back or... I'm not sure what's going on with Luke DeVere, actually. I haven't heard anything. Which is well, interesting. Well, he's contracted for next year, so yeah. it almost makes you wonder if they've just gone, look, it's not worth trying to rush him back, which yeah. is a bit of a shame because I still feel like when healthy, he's probably the best defender in the yeah, squad. when healthy. 
is the key there, and he's had his own wretched history with injuries. Uh, I think that might be the case. That you know, common sense prevails. You know what? You're not you're not going to get much more out of him this season. You know, put him cotton wool, get him ready for next season. We do know what John Ellis thinks about him as well, though, because he kept him around after he missed the whole season. So yeah. Obviously, John Ellis thinks he's a great defender, and he's right because he is. Well, he was one of those people that last year was getting touted as a Socceroos bolter. Yeah. And it would have been great mm. for that to happen, <laughs> but I'm actually kind of interested to see how they handle the, I suppose, defensive stocks for the rest of the season. Obviously, Daniel Bowles comes in. Yeah. Does that mean that Corey Brown might be in line for a little bit of a recall at some point Possibly. going forward? I mean, Fran just played centre-back in the past as well. Um, so about Pepper in segment one. I said Aaron Reardon went off injured. I'm not sure how serious that is. But again, that's but two weeks been, before the next yeah. meaningful he's game. He's also been in and around training every day, been on the bench a couple of times, so he's close. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the picture as well. They've still got options. Yeah. They might not be Aloisi's yeah. first preference, but yeah. they do yeah. still have options. So it's not as yeah. though... Also, Conor O'Toole yeah. may or may not be back at left-back as well. Which if, you move, if you're moving Franich into centre-back, you've got to bring someone in at left-back. So Yeah. The only issue I would potentially have with the combination of Bowles and Franich is you've got two right-sided players. Yeah. But yeah. well, Francis done well on the left anyway, so yeah, that's true. Uh, speaking of Papadopoulos and his injury, though, mm. he's been given a suspended two and a half year sentence for betting on matches in Greece from his time back there. It is, yeah. of course, pending. Him and about fifty others, I've learned to believe, have been 50, on this yeah. case. Fifty-eight. Uh, I think. Um, look, the, the reaction has been actually quite um, interesting on, <laughs> on social media about that. I think. People seem to forget this was seven years ago, um, and Greek football sort of renowned for that sort of nonsense. And I think the uh, the judges over there, I think they've said, you know what, we're not going to deal with 58 different cases. We're all going to give you suspended sentences and be done with it. And uh, unfortunately, Avram Papadopoulos has been uh, caught up in that. And it does seem like that was something that the Raw were aware of, because I do remember that actually mm. being yeah. mentioned when they signed yes, him it was a year ago. Yeah. And they said they at least were aware of it and felt like it wasn't going to be... Yeah. A major impact. It's also not the only league that's had this sort of scandal in the past. Remember, Italy 2006 cool. had something similar as well. That was referees, not players. But And, it, you know, to answer the question, keep in mind that currently, I think, yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo, Leo Messi, and a couple of other Neymar, players are serving yeah. suspended sentences over in Spain as well. As well yeah. So... Look, just just because yeah. he's got, look, you know what? You make you sort of make your own inferences and all, all that, but at the end of the day, it's it's in the past. It's been dealt with. You know, I, I don't think it changed. And, and the most important thing, as you said, the raw yeah. knew about that. Johnny Lewis apparently did his own character references, and he signed him anyway. So, and he is contracted for next year. And you would feel like yeah. that if it was something that was going to play a role going forward, he probably wouldn't. He probably mm. would be in danger. But yeah. it seems like they value having him around. It doesn't and, seem like that's going to happen, does it? Yeah. And look, all else fails, we know he brings plenty of aggression to yeah. the team. Uh, look, at the end of the day, if people want to, want to sort of slag him off figuratively, I think, you know, what it's. I, I would think less of him for spitting at players rather than sort of being caught up in something sure. that was, you know, it seems like another life. We don't even ago. know what actually happened with the yeah, case either, yeah. so there's no point trying yeah. to judge it in any way. Hmm. Yeah, I'm steering clear yeah. of all betting talk. Yeah. For obvious <laughs> you, reasons. I think you should. <laughs> <laughs> in transfer news, though, new football director Pedro Dinovic starts this week via yes. Val... Started on Monday. Yep. I practiced Pedro Dinovic. I did not practice Val's surname. So. <laughs> <laughs> Migliaccio, there you go. Migliaccio, Thank you, yeah. yep. The, uh, the very competent reporter from down in Adelaide. Yes. And in that story... Gombau said something. Not a very good goalkeeper, but anyway. <laughs> I was I wondering which of you two was going to bring that up, yeah. yeah. But... In that story was actually part of um, 
uh, came out a little bit of information the Raw will link with the move for Adelaide's attacking midfielder Jordan O'Doherty, who yes. we got to see firsthand on Friday yes. night. Saturday night. Saturday night. Okay. And once I learned that he was wearing jersey number 24 <laughs> instead of 18 and could start watching him properly... You were on a scouting mission, were you? What did you see? He's quick. Yes. He's very quick and kind of a little bit in the way we've seen Brett Holman playing lately. He's not afraid to take on defenders and go at them with the dribbles. So You can see him fitting into that attacking midfield trio for the Raw card, you? Yeah. I'm not sure in place of who, but you can definitely see him fitting in there. Well, some point. My first thought was actually, would he be a bit more of a deep-lying midfielder in that sort of Matt Mackay role? But they do have Joe Coletti yeah. for that, they, too. Yeah. The Adelaide seem to be playing him in that, that sort of that role, you know, they do on Saturday night, you know. Mm-hmm. So if Isaias mm-hmm. is behind him and um, I can't remember who was the other midfielder. Adlung was next to him. Oh, yeah, Adlung, yeah. Yeah. So he's probably sort of the most attacking yeah. of those three. But look, we, we've seen we've seen Jordan O'Doherty, you know, a couple of years ago, yes, uh, we were playing FFA for Melbourne Cup, Knights yeah. FA Cup over at Goodwin Park, and like he scored a goal and got sent off that yeah, game. If I remember, so he's passionate then. Yeah. yeah, look, look, you look yeah. at twenty-four years old. Look, he's a decent prospect. You know, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be unhappy um, signing him next season. Could do a lot worse. I remember Mike Mulvey actually considered signing him at the time, but just didn't have the squad space to do it. But and he's a he's a worth a player worth looking at anyway. You consider that age bracket yeah. as well, 24. That's a, 24 now. Yeah. That's what wow. Adam just said. I'm going off that. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll go with that. Yeah. But that's kind of... That's that age bracket that I suppose the Raw are kind of lacking a little yeah, bit of at the moment, is that they've got the promising youngsters, they've got the veterans, but no one really in that middle ground, aside from, well, Jack Hingett and Corey Brown, the latter Daniel who Bowles. is... And Daniel Bowles. That's it. You're yeah. right. That's that's basically it, though. You're right. It's one way or the so other. It's yeah. that, that lost generation where you know where the Raw were chasing premierships and going with more experienced players. Where they weren't, and they weren't blooding younger yeah. players. They're there now. They're 24, 25. So I think to sort of address that balance, I think you need to go outside and sign. Like I, again, you know, the sort of the haters out there sort of taking pot shots, saying, "Oh, you know, they should be looking for what's within." Well, look, you've got 22, 21-year-old kids coming through, but that age bracket. For I don't think 20... he's blocking the path of anyone. No, coming no, through like either that, that, that age. age bracket between twenty-four and yeah. twenty-eight, twenty-nine. That that what they call that yeah. prime yeah. age. There isn't much there, so I think the raw yeah. maybe forced to recruit I mean, outside. If of that. they were going off to say Theo Harris from Melbourne Victory. In that 18, 19 age bracket, you could say he's he would come in and block someone, but not 24-year-olds. No. But again, if they see Theo Harris yeah. as a significant upgrade yeah. on the players that they've got, hmm. no, but of that's, course, that's that, all that, hypothetical. That's when you would have that argument would be valid. Yeah. But yeah. in this case, it's not. But you'd almost say at that age, you know, if, if you know, especially if that, that potential really tops out, that's, that's almost a... a, a lack of a better term, a franchise player where yeah. you'd sign three, four, five, you know, years, you know, not in one hit, but consecutively, so... And if you look at it from just a squad numbers perspective, they do need to sign players. They can't just... Yeah, they've got to get onto it. Yeah, they can't just promote the entire youth team up to the A-League, where... And they can't just bring back the whole squad from last this year as well. No, yeah, absolutely. It does need changing to some degree. Well, at the very least, you're going to be looking potentially for a number two goalkeeper. I think Brendan White will be that, but... Yeah, well, you've got to... Or you then going to have to upgrade him to a full yep. uh, squad contract. And I want to talk about Marco Monteverde's article, which came out today. pretty much when you two just yeah. showed up here today, uh, talking about the contract negotiations that are facing the Brisbane Rule. Seems like this is the week they've earmarked to do it, hasn't it? To, yeah. It's a, bi- it's a bi week for the club, and Pedge has uh, turned up on Monday. Yeah. So it seems like a lot's been going on. Yeah, well, I would say just in terms of negotiation, some of the players like uh, Holman might have picked their run perfectly <laughs> yeah. because you just put on the last couple of games and say, by the way, uh, that's what I can do. Yeah. 
But so I think doing it now, not after the championship. I reckon Pedrovic might have been the most busy person in Brisbane this week. I'd say mm. it's only Wednesday. He'd be, be right up there. <laughs> uh, I wonder if they brought him in to help uh, move down to Logan. <laughs> I think he's busy enough anyway. I think. <laughs> Meeting with agents. I can, and I can imagine there's a few people I want to talk to mm. him. Yeah, we'll just look at the list of off-contract plays. I, yeah. I think I said this to you two on Saturday night, but realistically, you could see three of the Raw's starting eleven from Saturday night. Uh, back in the starting eleven for round one next year, yeah. you could wind up with a huge overturn in personnel. Absolutely, Absolutely. you could. Yep. So it's, it, you made the point before you thought it was kind of set up to be that way. Yes, but and I definitely think if, if it was or wasn't, it's, it's going to happen now. And I did also. I'd just like to point out my track record with this sort of stuff. You know, I did say that Brighton were going to beat Arsenal on Sunday night, and yes, as an Arsenal fan, I hate being right on those things. Yes, but everyone <laughs> thought Arsenal were going to lose. Yeah, right. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. It's what they do best. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> anyway, realistically, though, you do talk about the young players they've got coming through. They've got guys like Emilio Martinez, who I think... He's just yeah. been totally lost for the season yeah. with what yeah. we saw him with a knee brace just before Christmas. Yeah. yeah I believe he's been playing MPL, but he wasn't playing Friday night, so... Yeah. So, still working his way back there. You've also got some of these guys also, like Daniel Leck, who I think maybe unexpectedly got a little bit of a taste of yeah. NPL, of A-League action this year. Desperate yeah. times for desperate yeah, I measures. I think it was planned. I think it was... Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I I honestly think the first time he hit the radar was you know during the NYL season. Yeah. And yeah, like I said that the day where basically John Elwissi, I think we think pulled him <laughs> from from the the game to 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 yeah, give him a start. So yeah, we were there at uh, Grange yeah. and we just saw Elwissi come up to Leck at halftime and go, "By the way, you're off." Yeah. <laughs> and he was on the bench the next day. But also Adam Sawyer got a taste of the A League as well, and so did Ramadan Akbari. Yeah. And you look at Akbari, Coletti, they've got a yeah. good group of young players coming through, but you are going to have to try and supplement them with either re-signings of some of the players coming off contract or the just, uh, poaching players I'm from other clubs. I'm just not sure that, you know, that, that, that next generation, you know, Akbari, you know, Lek and sort of a few of those others, they're playing... They're playing sort of MPL at the moment. All those guys can play in the MPL, but yeah. they're not signed to professional contracts. I don't know if they're they're ready for round one next season. I, I think the Raw will have to go outside to recruit, you know, get the starting players. But that's a good, decent, yeah. you know, to fill out the squad of you know of local young players. I think that's probably the way I they, they should be going. I kind of hope that team plays through the whole MPL season because at the moment they're sitting second. And if they can actually have a really successful season, it might do them the world of good. But if, yeah. Instead of withdrawing them in July. Yeah. Going yeah. on holiday, coming back for preseason, all the rest of it. But if you're bench round one next year, I'm just sort of going off on my own little tangent here. Yeah. But if your bench next year for round one is Gramero, either Leck or Shannon Brady, uh, you know, pick an Akbari or something, and one of the young defenders like Aaron Reardon, how are you feeling about that? Plus a goalkeeper too. But I'm wondering what's happened because I can't. I, don't, I think those guys would be 19, 20, 21, 22 in the squad, not on the bench. Yeah. So I think you're going to have other players ahead of them in the pecking order, but I would be personally fine with it because I think they're all good players. Yeah, yeah. but then you've got the play... Like, you maybe bring one or two I think they're going to bring in a lot of players as well, by the way, yeah. Yeah, but I do feel like you're going to wind up having to put a handful yeah. of those players and sort of yeah. make them sink or swim. Well, like, Barry was on the bench round one this year. Yeah, admittedly, yeah. somewhat through necessity, yeah. but you get those guys and maybe you just have to say, you know, this is your chance it, in Brisbane, yeah. take it. 
I think going, I think going forward as well, it'll be interesting to see how Joanna will see and Pedrovic they how they sort of structure the rebuild because it's going to be a rebuild. We we know that because the the age of this, the average age of the squad suggests like the they're yeah, the weekend, but by the way. whether yeah, whether whether it is a rebuild as in you know we're going to get some more experienced players, maybe not 33, 34, 35, maybe a little bit younger depending on what's available, or are they going to go with you know. A, you know, with a more youth-based focus and rebuild yeah. over a couple of years. I just think the experienced players are already here. I mean, look at even that article you mentioned, mentions Franich likely to stay. Enrique has just arrived. I don't think they're going to get rid of him again. Yeah. Matt McHale probably stay. Papadopoulos, you said, already signed. Jamie Young. That's a that's a core of experienced guys right there. And I would say realistically, you could wind up bringing back. Also, also Bortiak's up in his yeah. thirty as well. And yes. but he is apparently, according to Marco, going yeah. to be upgraded to marquee status. Yeah. So which that's good news. So you've got. Realistically, off the off-contract plays, you could easily see Young, Franjic, Bowles, Hingett, one of Pepper or Oxborough. I don't think so. No, you think they're both gone? I th- no, I think that there's. I think you could promote Adam Sawyer into that role. Okay, yep. and then you've got you know Dagus. Uh, you got someone out of Dagostino, Holman, Ben Calfuller, potentially Gamiro. Gamiro. One of those Enrique. is likely to stay. Yeah, possibly two, but, but who knows which ones? Just at a quick count, that seven players to go with the seven that are current, six or seven that are currently yeah. contracted. That's still ten. That leaves uh, you ten spots, spots filled. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and then very very are... busy few weeks for Pedro Rudinovich and John Lewis trying to find which ones are the best options. And the most interesting one as well is that you you take away you know macaroni, Ben Calfella. That's two visa spots as well. That 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 yeah. that could. And no, I think they've only used four this year anyway. Yeah, so they've got Christensen and Bociak, so they've got three available, which is tremendous when you're looking at adding key players. Yeah. Yeah. So if you bring in, say, another marquee striker, who admittedly might be on the other side of 30, but yeah. you never well, know. Bobo was on the other side of 30 as well, and no one cared about that. Yeah. No. Well, when he's well, scoring 20 goals a season. Exactly. Yeah, so, like, I think at the end of the day, you know, if, if the reality in the A-League is that, you know what, you're going to have players that are a lot older. That's just the, the nature of the beast. It's when you when you're trying to fill the rest of the spots with um, players that are that age. That's when it seems to run a problem. That's the problem Brisbane Roar have hit this season. And one story that we did actually miss in the run sheet is that apparently there's a new physio coming up soon yes, too. Yes, Craig Duncan who oversaw the um, when John obviously wanted to go through the whole thing. He called in Craig Duncan <coughs> and Les Gellis to have, to have a look at it, and I believe Craig Duncan's going to run it now. There we go. But he's going to run it from Sydney and have a couple of people up here as his eyes and ears on the ground. All right, so that's going to be it for segment three. We're going to take a little bit of a break yeah. and work out what the hell we're going to talk about in segment <laughs> four because there's no Raw A-League game this weekend. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Back to segment four with Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. And Adam, you had something you wanted to say? Yeah, look, um, it was sort of shocking news over the weekend um, with the passing of Fiorentina captain David Astori. You know, and that's uh, 31 years old, you know, professional footballer, you know, internationally capped. Just for him to pass away um, like that, it's, uh, that's just such a shock. And obviously the reverberations around, I guess, the football world, um, we're sort of there, there to see, you know, I guess on, on behalf of the Brisbane Football Review, we sort of, again, pass on our condolences to all those that have been affected by the passing. And obviously something like this as well, when the Milan derby gets postponed and all the, like, it just shows the magnitude of this. And I know, 
you know, it's another rough another rough time in Italian football, which is never good. Absolutely. All right, so segment four, we're going to move on. There's no easy way to do this, but move on to more news because we haven't got a, a game to preview this weekend. So, no. Scott, let's start with our regular plugs. Okay, so Facebook, Brisbane Football Review, Twitter at Raw Review, Podcast, Wooshka and iTunes, email brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com and fan cams are outside the ground at Northern Plaza post-game. Thanks everyone who came by. Oh, yeah, that was our best one of the season. That's great. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to go and have a look. Yes, definitely. And also, we've got a YouTube channel yes, too. Yes, we have a YouTube channel. What's it, what's it called? Like, it's you, Brisbane Football you use it, Review. That's all, so yeah. It's Brisbane Football Review. Yeah. There are two up there with Brisbane Football Review. I think one's from an old email address yeah. that might have we been... We might try and get rid of that one to avoid confusion. Yes, but look for the one that has the fan cams from this year because that's the one I've been uploading it to. And once again, I recommend watching the one from Saturday night because they were phenomenal. Yes. Uh, daily reminder, eh? <laughs> and we do, we do thank everyone awesome. for coming down. Cause <laughs> yeah, obviously it's been with a tough year for fan cams. So uh, yeah, we get one really positive one. Definitely, and without fan cams... Well, without fans, we don't really have fan cams. It's just me no. standing there looking kind of awkward as people walk past and go, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, we're going to talk about some national team news to start off with. Yep. And we're going to start off with the Socceroos uh, squad for the upcoming friendlies against Norway and Colombia. Yep. I don't think it's in that order. No, it is in that order. It is? Okay. Yep. Norway in Oslo, I think, and Colombia, Colombia and Craven London, Cottage. Yeah. All right, so Brandon Borello looking good in Germany, but unfortunately missed out on the squad. Did miss out. It was a great goal he scored on Saturday. Yeah. Saturday morning Australian time. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough for him to get there. So Three goals in four games or something. So He's doing really well for himself over there, helping Kaisersl out and avoid... Oh, they're trying to push to avoid relegation to the third division of German football. Mm. It seems like he's really taking... Yeah taking the move in his stride now and really starting to step up. So It's like Robbie Cruz did something similar over there as well. Yes, and also I posted the uh, squad news and apparently left Robbie Cruz off as a former Raw player, so... Oh. My bad. Oh, no. <laughs> in my defence, I was doing it in about 20 seconds from my desk at work and just had to very quickly score. You know, <laughs> you know the Cruz family live in my area. <laughs> it was an honest mistake, yeah, I swear. I, I, I will apologise to yes. them on your behalf. Apologies to the Cruz family in that case. Yes. All right. And remember, that was James who forgot you. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So you can come down to fan camps yeah. the next home game and tell me in person, yeah. preferably on camera. Anyway, Socceroos squad. So the big surprise was obviously the uncapped inclusion of Alexander Sajnia. Yes. That's as close as I'm going to get in all The only thing I can tell you about him is he plays in Czech Republic and was in the under-23 squad, the team that... He's a Perth, that he's a Perth lad that played for, um, I think, Perth S- Soccer Club, I okay. think. But, yep. yeah. But, like, obviously, yeah, he's playing his trade over in, in Europe, you know, yep. sort of unheralded, so... But he was also in the Oli Roos That squad. AFC under-22 championships team, which struggled. He was yes. part of that. And depending on who you want to listen to on Twitter, that's either a really bold inclusion or a really brave inclusion. Interesting if he gets any game time, because... It's hard to judge him on a couple of under-22 games. Uh, well, it depends. It's, like, it's a position of need for the soccer, there's no doubt about that. Def- the squad. A uh, left-sided central defender. Just central defenders generally. With Spiranovic, without a club, Who, needs someone to step in. By the way, something we should have mentioned before. He's available yeah. for an injury replacement contract. Hint, hint. <laughs> but with um, Alexander, I'm just going with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, right, first time. He, I suppose it could... If he's going to follow the same pattern as what Postacoglu did with his yeah. squad selections. It could just be a learning experience, seeing how he fits in yeah. with the side, 
and seeing what happens. Yeah. Remember, but, it's also a preliminary squad, so he may yeah. not even make the final cut th- yes. to, to Norway. It does have to get cut down to 23, but a uh, handful of A-League products in there as yeah. well. You've got Dimi Petrados and Andrew Naboot, the latter yeah. formerly of Newcastle yeah. now after his move to Uruwa. Yeah. Yeah. Then we also had Josh Risden from the Wanderers, and I'm just scrolling... Troisi from Victory. Troisi from Victory. There we oh, go. Oh, and Brilliante from Sydney FC. And that's one that... Look, I know we hate Sydney here in Brisbane and whatnot, yeah. but i got to admit, that is totally deserved yeah. for Brillante with the way that he's yeah. played the last couple of years. He's, in that sort of Pardaloo mould, might not be the flashiest player, but that sort of team doesn't really work without a competent, no. stable player in that position. He really does make Sydney FC tick in a lot of ways. Yes. And when he scores, it seems to be an absolute stunner, usually against Brisbane. He'd definitely yeah. be a good foil, especially you know, for Mila Yednak. Uh, he, he was his yeah. name, wasn't he? I, I, yeah, Mila Yednak. Yednak. Yeah. Potentially yeah. he could be. It's just there's a lot of midfielders ahead of him in the pecking order. Yeah, yeah. I, I think do it, wonder if he's going to be one of the ones who does miss out, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, actually, we'll be interested to see, because we were talking before we started recording this segment about Bert van Marwijk and his knowledge of Australian football, where from his time coaching in Asia... He would have done plenty of scouting of the Socceroos and their players. Yeah, he would have, absolutely. And, and right, because of opposition scouting, yeah. And one, also, one of the other um, left field sort of selections, if you can call it that, is obviously James Meredith back in the fold. Um, yeah. And also, and also Brad Jones. Yeah, Brad yeah. Jones is back in, which is fantastic for him. Yeah, missing, and he's one that yeah. definitely deserves a call. Missing out on the World Cup in 2010 for family issues was a great shame for him. So yeah. if he can potentially go to Russia. And tick that box would be great for him. And he certainly deserves it based on form as well. Definitely. So it seems like, based on what we know, they're going to go to, back to the, I suppose, traditional four-at-the-back formation. 4-3-3 yeah, three, three or 4-2-3-1, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah, I would say probably a 4-2-3-1, yeah. based on what we know. There was talk, of course, of Brett Holman being involved, potentially, being lured out of international retirement, but... I don't think this squad is necessarily an indicator of where he stands in Van Marwijk's mind. I don't think Van Marwijk needs to see him before, well, Bert, but needs to see him before the World Cup. I think he knows what Brett Holman can bring, keep him playing regularly for the Raw, building up his match sharpness. Yeah, definitely. I think actually taking him yeah. away for what is going to be a couple of very crucial games for the Raw yeah. is going to do very, more harm than be good. Be very thankful. No. Yeah, and I think he'll probably... Holman, if he is going to be included, he'll be one of those guys that just comes straight into the 35-man squad yep. for the training camp in and the lead-up. And that's an important fact as well, that, you know, uh, that the actual training camp, for when, when it's the selections for the World Cup, it is going to be 35 to start with. So that's that's where guys like Brett Holman or even uh, Brandon Brello might be, you know, you think yeah. that might sort of, um, with good club performances, might force their way into that squad. Because the one thing I will potentially offer is Borello's only really come up in the last month or two, yeah. like in ter- he's hit that peak form, so it could even be a case of Van Marvijk deciding, you know what, if he can produce this between now and the end of season, I'll give him a run there, but should also mention, by the way, that of another former Raw player in there, Jamie McLaren. Yes. Hey, bro, you, did include, running mate. Yeah. you did include McLaren in your post, didn't you? I did, yes. <laughs> no, yeah. good, good to see him yeah. get opportunities again. Yes, I'm not making any jokes with Jamie McLaren because as I learnt in that Champions League finale last year, my deadpan delivery might not be picked up after he's been running around for 90 minutes. <laughs> so I'll just stick with sincerity and say, bring him on. Yeah. Why not? All right, so we're going to move on to the Matildas now and the Algarve Cup 2018. Yeah. Their group game's first one was 4-3 cracker against Norway. 
nil-nil draw against Portugal and 2-0 over China. And because of... I don't even know why. They're in the third, fourth place playoff tomorrow morning it's, against Portugal. They're the lowest ranked group winner, and Portugal is the highest ranked second place team in their groups. I'm just going to bang my head against the table yeah. rather than trying to explain oh, the tiebreakers okay. there. Yeah. But ah, look at the, at it the is, end. It's, yeah. an, it's confusing, but it's a it's a really good tournament for the Matildas, and they've done quite well here as well, to be honest. I think the Portugal game, nil all, doesn't look great, but when you consider the conditions that day, yeah. they weren't the, the greatest. decisions that day yeah. as well. There were, oh. yeah, there were a couple of very ordinary decisions. Yes. Shock horror, but... Oh, they've done quite well in this tournament as well. They've also been missing a number of key players as well, which actually bodes well for them Got looking forward to the Asian Cup next month. Oh, yeah. this month, actually. Just, just on just on Algarve Cup, like, there's... Obviously, like, there's been a bit of, you know, sort of... Ban- well, not banter, but sort of, you know, about the format and all that. Look, yeah. at the end of the day, um, this is something that's very unique for women's football. Yeah. That you know, it's at the end of the day, it's just a series of friendlies. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's four games that this this squad, who we have very high hopes for, play. You know, can play obviously the winning streak, but they're still unbeaten in ten. Yeah, and provided there's no sort of dramas o- overnight. Um, yeah, look, they're they're gonna, they're rolling along towards Asia Cup, and they've got that yeah. friendly against Thailand in Perth, and then off to Jordan. Yeah. yeah. It's building quite nicely if they can get a couple of the players who are injured. Yeah, that's the only concern is injuries. Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Now, we've got a couple of... So, very quickly, while we're talking about the Matils, we have to talk about Claire Polkinghorne. Made her 100th game, yes. Congratulations, that's a fantastic achievement. I had my Ron Burgundy moment. It wasn't in the run sheet, and I'm about to fall asleep. (laughs) That's a fantastic achievement. Yeah. To play 100 games for your country. Yeah, Absolutely. So the final of the playoff for the Matildas is tomorrow morning. So by the yes. time any of you are listening to this, you'll know that the Matildas won. If you're listening to this beforehand, 1am yes. Queensland time. This will be actually a great show to listen to get you through to kickoff because <laughs> we've been full of energy today. <laughs> Alright, so we've got a couple of other stories that I'm actually going to shelve for next week okay. because we will have a little bit of filler yeah. that we need just on a couple of articles that have come up on the World Game and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm actually going to say that'll be it for this edition of the yes, Brisbane Football Review. Hopefully the A-League's as good this weekend as it was, was last weekend. Yeah, we've got two games, but no Brisbane in action, obviously. So get out and yes. go watch the NPL Saturday Absolutely night, because yes. as we said, there are all some the brilliant games. All the Premier League, all the NPL women's. Just get out and watch it, because it's fantastic. Yeah. Definitely. All right, Scott, Adam, thank you. Yeah, thank See you, you again, James, Adam. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Enjoy the football this weekend. We'll be back next week. This has been the Brisbane Football Review.